listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Danica Ellis. This is episode number 375.5, and today I'm going to tell you about two of my favorite books about the power of stories. As I've probably mentioned on this show before, I was briefly an English teacher. I graduated from the teaching program a few months before the pandemic shut down schools for the rest of the school year, which was not ideal timing. So I ended up only doing a bit of substitute teaching and having one semester of teaching a high school English class before I ended up getting full-time work at Book Riot. But while I was teaching, including the classes I taught in my practicum, One of the things I like to focus on was the tangible power of stories in our lives, how they shape the way we imagine things are possible, how they form the structure of our belief system, and how even our identities are made up of the stories we tell about ourselves. This is one of the reasons that I love books and words, and that's part of the reason I wanted to be an English teacher, because I really think that the stories that we take in and the stories that we tell are so important in our lives and are basically how we structure the way we view the world and what we think is possible. So today I want to talk about two books that I love, which both explore the power of stories. And one of them I even taught in a class. They're also both under 200 pages, so they are quick, but memorable reads. Before I get into that, let's give a moment for a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Diana Dixon has a busy summer and no time for tall, gorgeous hockey player Shane's shenanigans. Because you know what? If they shenan once, they'll shenan again. So she thinks she knows exactly who he is when he moves into her apartment building. But turns out Shane's sick of hookups and tired of being on the rebound after his long-term girlfriend called it quits. But when his ex comes back into the picture, he needs a plan. And who better to play his new girlfriend than his sassy new neighbor? So a a fake relationship might be perfect for Diana's own ex issues, but Diana is used to living by the rules. Will she learn that when it comes to love, rules are meant to be broken? Make sure to check out The Dixon Rule by L. Kennedy. L. Kennedy is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author with over a million copies of her books sold. So this is going to be another banger, y'all. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the first book I want to recommend is one of my favorites of all time, and that's The Truth About Stories by Thomas King. Thomas King is probably best known for The Inconvenient Indian, but this is the book of his that I just keep coming back to. It's actually a collection of lectures, and if you can find the recordings online, they are a great listen, but it works just as well in print. 
King is an incredible storyteller, and each essay explores the stories that are told about Native people in North America. He covers creation stories, a biography of historical figures, and anecdotes from his own life. This is one of those books that is impossible to summarize. There are a few lines that repeat throughout the book, one of which is, the truth about stories is that's all we are. He explores how the stories we tell matter. They shape how people are treated and what the future will look like. They determine the choices we make and who we become. In the first essay, he compares two creation stories, The Woman Who Fell from the Sky and Genesis. The first is told with humor and oral storytelling techniques like repetition, while Genesis is told more dryly and matter-of-fact. He then compares these two stories and what they might suggest about the cultures they came from. In The Woman Who Fell from the Sky, which is an indigenous creation story, creation is collaborative. The world is made through the cooperation of all the animals and charm the woman. In Genesis, though, the structure is hierarchical, and it also involves a fall from grace. The world was once perfect, but it isn't any longer. There's a sense of competition, even warfare between good and evil. In the native creation story he tells, it's about balance. But while King offers philosophical explorations of how these values show in our society today, he also grounds it with self-deprecating humor and personal stories. Woven into this same essay are the stories he tells about his father. So a quote from this essay is, I'm sure he didn't leave because he hated me, just as I'm sure that my mother didn't stay because she loved me. Yet this is the story I continue to tell myself because it's easy and contains all my anger. And because in all the years and all the tellings, I've honed it sharp enough to cut bone. It reminds us to think about our own versions of these stories because they have a big impact on ourselves and the people around us. This collection feels timeless to me. It was written in 2003, which is simultaneously too recent. This really feels like a classic to me. And also so long ago to still be painfully relevant 20 years later. The racism and ongoing colonialism that King describes are not problems of the past. This collection is simultaneously hopeful and a warning. Stories having power is not inherently good or bad. They can manipulate people and empower them. It's just how they're utilized. I love teaching this at the beginning of my practicum because it laid the foundation for the rest of the class. It shows how thinking critically about narratives is crucial to navigating our world and that stories aren't just passive entertainment. If I do go back to teaching, I know this will be a go-to text for me, and it's one that I think everyone should read or listen to. And that's The Truth About Stories by Thomas King. The other book I want to recommend today is Two or Three Things I Know for Sure by Dorothy Allison. Dorothy Allison is best known for her novel Bastard Out of Carolina, which I somehow have not read yet, but I'm definitely going to given how much I loved this one. Two or Three Things I Know for Sure is her memoir, and it's less than 100 pages, which makes it a quick read, even though the subject matter can be dark. It also includes photographs of her and her family, which are interspersed throughout. This is one of the very few books that I've ever finished and then immediately reread. Like The Truth About Stories, this also uses oral storytelling techniques, and it was actually originally written as a performance piece. So the phrase two or three things I know for sure shows up many times in the text, and I found myself wanting to write down almost every single one. 
One especially that stuck with me all these years after finishing it is two or three things I know for sure, and one is that I'd rather go naked than wear the coat the world has made for me. This is about growing up poor in the rural South and about her family, especially the women, and how life wore them down. It's also about rape and incest, so I do want to give a content warning there. This is a central subject of this memoir. Dorothy Allison's anger in this book is powerful and feels like a source of strength. It's a feminist story that is hard and sharp as flint. Allison is a lesbian, which she mentions in the book, but it's not a source of conflict or a focus of the story. And considering how this came out in 1995, I appreciate how casual and unapologetic Allison is about her identity. In one memorable passage, someone asks her if she isn't worried that telling her story will make people believe that being sexually abused makes you a lesbian. Oh, I doubt it, she says. If it did, there would be so many more. This book has some beautiful writing, even in its darkest moments. She also returns again and again to the idea of being a storyteller and the power she finds in that. Telling her story in her own words is crucial for her, and she describes refining her skills to get people to listen and really understand. Thinking about this book again has made me realize I really need to pick up more of her work. She has multiple novels as well as poetry, and this memoir has such precise and effective writing that I'm sure I'll love whatever I pick up by her. I just have to get in the right headspace first because this can be quite emotional, and I'm sure that her other work will be the same in that way. And that's Two or Three Things I Know for Sure by Dorothy Allison. So that's it for me today. Those are my two short books about storytelling that I really think you should read. If you do, let me know what you think. Thank you so much to our sponsor. Thank you to our audio editor, Jen Zink, and thank you for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of all the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And remember, if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlist and you want to show us some love, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We really appreciate your review and your reviews help other book lovers find us. If you want to find me, you can follow me on Twitter at lesbray, which is L-E-S-B-R-A-R-Y or at my blog, The Lesbury, which is lesbury.com. And in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading.